It is a great day to release a Mind Body Musings podcast focused on love and dating apps and romance. And this episode today is a unique one in that this comes directly from my group coaching program, the Sisu Society. So in my group coaching, there are two calls per month that I do. These sometimes include embodiment practices. They may be just teachings where I'm just teaching. I could be leading a sharing circle or I might be bringing in a guest, but we focus on the whole gambit. We focus on love and intimacy and yogic spirituality and the feminine, the masculine, bleeding, the moon, um, uh, how do we can reveal to our masculine partners? We talk about conscious communication. We talk about everything. And I will also, on top of those two calls per month, normally do one to two Facebook lives that are spontaneous. And this one I did just the other week. Um, and it's a follow-up to the podcast that I did with Eva Clay. So if you haven't listened to that episode with Eva Clay, that's actually a-okay. You don't need to have listened to that to hear this one. And they go together really well. So I had on my heart the desire to talk about um, the, the part that Eva was honing in on around, you're going to be a king maker. You're going to be a king maker. So if you are out there looking for your perfect king, you need to know that you're going to make him. You're going to make him. There's going to be a part of him that's going to make you the queen. And by making him the queen, the king, sorry, by making him the king, you become your queen. It's very, it's very profound. So you'll hear more of that in that episode with Eva Clay. But that inspired me um, to hop, hop into the Sisu Society to talk about my old process of having a checklist before I went on a date with someone. There was always a checklist. One of the things that was in um, the top of the list was like height. And I'll get into this later, but there were some other things, especially when I lived in Boulder. I went on many a dates with guys who didn't have cars or jobs, <laughs> you know, in between jobs, rock climbing and living in a van. That's what was there was a lot of that around. And so I got really like tight, tighten the jaw, tighten the breath, tighten the body around needing to ensure he had these like three things first before I could even get open minded about anything, even about the first date. You know, I had to know those things before we had a first date scheduled. And it was very tight. It was very limited. My permission field was was um, small. And so that's what I hopped into my group to chat about. And I end up spilling a lot of secrets of my past in regards to lovers. Like in this call, because it's in, you know, this intimate container, I censor way less, way less. So I'll be like left and right, left and right. Yeah, this happened, this happened. So you're going to get a taste of that today. And if you like it, I would love to invite you into the Sisu Society. You can um, read all about it. You can join us. You can 
dive headfirst into our next live call, you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash sisu-society. And y'all, it's only 44 a month. You get two live calls per month, but you also get the entire archives of everything that we've done so far. It's quite literally well over $3,000 worth of content. And I don't know how long I'm going to do this for, to be honest with you. Like this feels great right now. And I have so much content here. This could be a course that I sell later instead of having it being an ongoing thing. But if you want to be able to experience it live, have time to hop into a call and ask me questions and be held in this group, then join. Uh, we'd love to have you, like I said, and it's a fucking awesome group. And then you get you get more than two things like you get the you get spontaneous lives, but you also get a place to ask your questions and to share your thoughts and to be held during this cuckoo time. Quite honestly, it's a cuckoo time. So we will welcome you with warm, uh, open arms there. I've also got my one-on-one coaching. I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. My one-on-one coaching is my bread and butter. I love slowing down with men and women. So if you're a man out there or you have a man in your life that you think would be really um, benefited from my work, because I do offer a very unique kind of coaching for men who are wanting to know how to show up for their women better. Um, that is something I, I know women intimately and, and w- how we work and what we desire from our man. So if you have a man in your life that you think would be benefited by this, please send them uh, my way or do an intro or let them know about this podcast. And I'd be happy to slow down with them. Or if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, I am currently filling a few spots starting in January. Um, I do not work with many people at a time. My coaching packages are six months and 12 months. And so I am uh, opening to about two new clients in January. Um, I'm bringing in two new women who are yearning to create something. Like maybe it's a new dynamic in their relationship or enjoy and love their body more, feel more pleasure, get lost in the bliss of this life, write a book, write a song create a podcast or be a coach whatever it is you want to do be create I've probably coached it before and um, that's it that's the magic of coaching is that you can come in with your goals and you will but in a six-month container things change things shift and you have this anchor throughout that entire first portion of 2021 to be held and to have a space to go into anything with so all that information's on my website and you can also just shoot me an email or send me a DM. I'm taking way less time uh, to cater to Instagram and it, it feels great. Um, it's also a little scary. <laughs> I, I'm currently in my Instagram break and I've already lost followers. It's just amazing to me to be like, wow, I, I, I spent 11 years building this up and then I, you know, I know followers are lost every day and in any any given day I can lose 200 and gain 200 it's crazy but um I haven't you know I'm taking this break and I just went on I went went and downloaded it just for a split second to upload a post which I'm still doing here and there I just don't keep it on my phone and I'm not um reading any of the comments or responding to anything and um I just noticed I I lost like 100 followers and I'm like wow and, and didn't gain any back and it's okay but it's like I just notice what comes up in me. Um, I, I will admit that I, I lingered today when I 
down when I uploaded the the thing that I made, um, saw somebody else's Instagram. So I, I went to hers and I saw how many followers she has and we do the same kind of thing. And oh my God, she barely follows anybody, but yet she has more followers than me. And oh my God, her posts are so much better than mine. Wow. Why don't I use a font like that? It's so delicate and feminine. Why is mine like harsh and masculine if I'm talking about, you know, all that stuff. And since I've been off of Instagram, I've really been, it's, it's actually only been five days, mind you, but yet I've noticed how many times I've done things. And then my instant reactions is to grab my phone. For example, I, um, you know, I, I got Ollie's teeth professionally cleaned yesterday. They're beautiful and white. And like, if you saw his teeth before, you'd be like, holy cow, poor Papillons just have terrible teeth. And uh, I spent $800 to get one tooth pulled and they gave me that one tooth in a baggie and like that's life that's me being in life and of course my first thought is like take a picture of all these teeth take a picture of this um and then I had a bath and then I was like where's my phone I should show that I have a bath bomb and I'm like what the fuck what the fuck y'all what's going on why am I doing that and then uh, like food you know I, I made something to eat and I was like mm, where's my phone and then I'm like Jesus especially reading there's a lot of times when I'm reading a book and I'm, I'm reading it and I'm like, where's my phone? I need to either take a picture or write this down or put it on Instagram. Or I, I get very irritated when people invite me to summits. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about inviting me to a summit to build your your following of 10 people and you're going to tell me that I need to have 5,000 people on my list minimum, don't. I'm not interested at all. It's It's highly frustrating when people who have zero audience and are just getting started ask me or ask anybody to be in their summit and then demand as a requirement that they have a list of 5,000 people or more. No, not okay. Anyways, I keep get, I get messages for these all the time. Like I'm not every day, but at least every week. And uh, I just delete them. I don't care. I just delete them. And like I got one the other day and I was like, immediately my brain was just like get your phone and like do an embodiment practice slash dance where you're like this is how I feel when people ask me to be in their summits you know it's just all these little things keep directing me back to my phone of like post that you're having a feeling post the feeling you're having this post it post it post it and this two-week break which mind you is the first time I've taken a break since I've had Instagram ever this first time is the time I'm noticing it I'm going wow my hands like and on my my phone right now the only thing I have downloaded is the Facebook app and um, that's because I've been a little bit obsessed with the marketplace as I've been furnishing my apartment I've been on the marketplace a lot finding things I want but there's nothing else on there that's entertaining like I don't have any games I don't have Instagram now um, I do have TikTok, but I forget about it all the time. <laughs> and when I, when I remember it, I'll spend like a good hour on it laughing my butt off. But I don't have a, um, a gut response with my finger to pull it open, thank God. But I did with Instagram and I'm a lot more bored with my phone. And that's great. That's great, great, great news. And also scary because my business has been completely reliant on Instagram, um, 
forever, you know, and I talk to people about taking a break and their first response is always, oh, but can you do that? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I am. And then their second response may be something like, yeah, but you know, you probably, yeah, you'll probably have to figure out a way, like you can't get rid of it completely. I'm like, no, but like, why are you trying to tell me this right now? Like, I, I know that and I'm not asking you and I love you, but I don't need to talk about the options with you. But I remember that when I used to play with the idea of a break, people would say that response to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you can't really, can you? And I'd always be like, yeah, you're right. I can't. I can't. So never mind about that. And I just wouldn't pull the trigger. And I finally did. I was taking a walk the other day and it came out of nowhere. I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. And I just put up a post. Um, you'll still see it on my on my Instagram. That's just like, hey, guys, I'm going off for two weeks. That was within an hour of making that decision. That was an hour. I was like, this is just, it's now. Now is the time. And um, I don't have a referral-based business. I don't have clients who tell other people, go work with Madeline. And I've always been in awe of people who do have that system. And I really want that system because that feels much more true to me. But that's just not the system that that's ever ever worked for me or ever happened because it's relying on my clients or my previous clients and on you all and maybe you're not doing that if you're not working with me um and you know the same thing though is with me I I don't ever recommend my coaches that I work with to other people I think we all kind of have this like that's my coach you know that's mine we're not sharing the names of our client our coaches with people Unless they are like a one-off type person. And even then sometimes, you know, not really. I'm very private with who I work with. And I think people who work with me are very private about it. So that's a bit of my conundrum, so to say, is that I would like to be a little less reliant on social media for my, my client base. But, you know, with the way this business works, it is reliant on online. So who knows? I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a space of just open open-mindedness. You know, maybe I I take the podcast 10 times more seriously, which I don't even know what that would look like, considering I've done this for seven years now. I'm like, what what else is there to do? But maybe something there is, maybe investing a lot more money or maybe, um, you know, Facebook ads for the CSU, whatever it is. But uh, I'm sharing my process with you because it feels it feels natural to share this with you. Um, and maybe that is a, a side effect of being off Instagram even for five days is that I'm feeling even more transparent about my process. I'm, I'm not watching other people's processes all day long on my phone. So I'm feeling really in touch with my own. And now we're going to switch gears. We're going to go into the dating realm again. Uh, this episode is from the CSU Society. We'd love to have you if you want to explore more around this topic of uh, dating apps and and how we can let go of our checklist and be blissfully surprised by the kind of connection that's available for us with the person in front of us. That's what you have in store in this episode. So let's go head on over.
oh, it's so nice to be with you. Um, feels like these call our two calls of this month were like a little more spread out. So I intentionally did that as I've been moving into my apartment. My root chakra is the only thing that is being nourished right now. It's very challenging to go into those upper chakras where creativity and spirituality live when your home is in disarray when your body's in disarray or your 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 so your physical home or your other physical home is in disarray it can be challenging for us to go into those um uh, higher realms but that's also the practice is how can i be in disarray and go into spirituality and be with god and bow and serve and yet i knew that spacing these calls out and the way that we did this month would be of the highest good so that i can arrive in my um, most available self and makes me so miss everybody like i'm like i'm so excited for monday and so you all know and you have a little taster for monday we will have another guest teacher and this is one of my dearest friends. It is a woman that I've brought into almost every single one of my retreats to co-lead acro practice together. She is a earth mama. If you've ever met one, she is that. And she's just an exquisite being. And she's doing, um, she does these very um, beautiful, nurturing embodiment um practices to do with self-touch and love and self-care but she does it in a very laura-esque way i know a lot of people teach self-care and touch and love and um that's all great but there is something very special about the way that laura does it and the events that she puts on in the acro space and how she can get people into and this is the key word their most gentle selves and that's what i'm certainly feeling inspired to move towards for this call is something really gentle something really nurturing and um slow so that's what you can have to look forward to on monday at 5 p.m pst it'll be in the zoom so make sure you check out the uh, link in teachable beforehand join us if you can we'd love to have you live oh okay so I love y'all's questions. You asked them some really beautiful questions in the in the Facebook post that I left a, f a few hours ago about um, what's been on your mind. And there's a few things coming up for me. And one of them in particular was not even listed on there. Um, so I'm gonna go into that one first because I feel the most inspired to talk about this. And then I'm going to um, look at your list and see what feels applicable or in relation to this one thing. But this thing I, I really feel inspired to share. Um, so glad that many of you loved Eva Clay's episode on my podcast that released yesterday. If you haven't listened to it, it is a gem. Go listen to it. Um, MaddieMoon.com forward slash Eva-Clay. And we talk about, oh, let me center again. Hmm. I want to go slower slower we talk about how to open up in dating and be receptive and soft 
and penetrable as the feminine when your body's biological clock is saying, time is running out, I need to find a man, I need to make a baby. I brought her on because this isn't, I'm 29, I don't have the um, physical body cues of, of that urgency and I don't even know if I want children, to be honest with you. So that isn't something I've personally um, struggled with or had at the forefront of my, my mind, but I've had many friends who have had this be at the front and center of their, their life. And I've had to watch them be on Bumble and you know swipe left and swipe right and get their hopes up and then envision him being the father of the children and then it not working out. And maybe it doesn't work out because she's not presenting herself with that feminine brilliance. She's instead of being an interviewer in the masculine or maybe it doesn't work out because he's just not the one. Um, and I have a lot of sympathy for this process, especially right now during COVID and the quarantine, we're dating from the comfort of our homes, but you can't smell the person. You can't be in their presence. And I know for myself personally, I, this is good to share. So you all know this. I am not a, um, I'm not super flirty in my feminine, open, luscious self with a man I haven't met yet. I'm not saying this is good or bad. Um, it's just my nature to be a little bit more reserved until I've met someone because my expression or the best word for this is my flirtation comes from feeling the emotional connection. And if I don't have the emotional connection yet, my words and the way I phrase things and how often I message that person, it's more in reaction to them. It's not so much my true authentic flirty Madeline self. They don't get that yet. And it's not a game. It's not like you didn't earn it yet. It, they just don't get that yet because I don't feel that yet. So when I'm first dating someone, or not even dating yet, when I'm first messaging with someone, um, I used to, back in the day, when I, I mean, even like, um, even like four years ago when I lived in Colorado, I remember I went through a time, um, 25, 26, where I was very serious about not wanting to waste my time. And I would, ask i would you know first thing when i when i am looking at someone's profile is how tall are they and i would see how tall they were and if that felt right and i felt good and i would um swipe right and then we'd go on to the next process like for me i wanted to know do you have a car do you have a job living in boulder in the 20 age range everyone dreamed at least all the people i kept finding on these apps, everyone dreamed of living in a van and rock climbing for years. That was their plan. I cannot tell you how many first dates were at the rock climbing gym and how many times we had to meet there, only for me to find out they didn't have a car and how many five foot eight men actually turned out to be five foot five. And um, I went through it. I went through so many dates around that age of 26. I was just like, 
dating, 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 dating. I'm really trying to find the one. That sounds so young now and I'm only 29, but like that's a huge difference to me even right now. Um, like the urgency and part of the urgency for me is from my family. It was pressure externally. Like my, um, when I was gonna break up with my 24 year old boyfriend, who by the way, I don't even know if I've talked about this. He, he put on a fake proposal for me. Um, yeah, like the whole thing happened where, you know, I met this guy and we dated for a long time. We were gonna get married. Some of you may have followed me even back then. And he felt a lot of pressure to hurry up and marry me. And I don't know what was going on in his mind, but he felt like it was a, a smart idea to throw a fake proposal to get me off the real proposal, to throw me off. Like talk about losing trust in someone. So he, he did this whole thing. He like sent text messages to me, pretending to be sending them to his sister. Do you think she'll like this ring? okay, Friday's coming up, all these really weird cues. And then Friday came, he told me you better be wearing a beautiful dress. You're gonna have these photos forever. All these things, end of the night comes, he's like, we're at a bar and we're drinking something. And I think, okay, here it comes. We're, it's at a bar, it's kind of weird, but here it comes. And then he says, you wanna go home and watch the latest Game of Thrones. And uh, that moment was very significant. And I was embarrassed, I felt like uh, like a, carrot was put over me like how humiliating to be this girl who's like pining for her partner to marry her and then he doesn't and I didn't even want to admit I wanted to pretend like it didn't even happen and I did I actually pretended like none of that happened I said yeah let's go home and watch Game of Thrones we watched it and then I went to bed in a first stage way and my first stage way was not um how could you it was just I shut off I um, I completely shut off, I, I went quiet, I was confused, I was embarrassed. We had sex a few times that week and I think I just was zoned out and then I was in shame and then finally I brought it up to him and I was like, this is really messed up and then he admitted he was so sorry. But trust was lost, we never got engaged, thank goodness. But then after that, um, yeah, I met another man who ended up having three children for the entire year we were together and I never knew about it. And then after that, I ended up um, falling for two different men at different times, each of them living in different locations in the world, and each of them uh, getting off the plane when it was their turn to come visit me. So I had a fake proposal. I had uh, someone who lied to me about having um, kids and I believe still a wife legally. I think they were divorced, but legally. And then he shut me out, his entire family shut me out, so I couldn't even ask questions. I was just left spiraling. And then I had two men at different times, both of them uh, relationship coaches who I fell for. And then they got off, they each, this different like months in between, but both of them, uh, when it was their turn to come see me in Colorado, got off the plane and went back home and then texted me saying, I'm not coming. So, um, even that feels like the tip of the iceberg honestly, with all of the relational stuff I've had. I've had so much heartbreak and loss and pain. Sometimes it came from telling someone I wanted to be more with them and then them saying they're not ready and then the relationship ending and then me saying, why did I do that? I should have been quiet. Sometimes it was right after sex. 
I've had men disappear on me right after sex. I had that happen in New York not long ago. Um, the same weekend I was at, I was assisting at a John Wineland workshop. Here I am assisting. I'm the woman that's the example for so many of these uh, demonstrations of how to open your heart. And I'm with this guy fucking men on Bumble who sleeps with me once and I really liked and then he never, he just, he gaslit me. I said, what's going on? Where'd you go? A week without talking to me. And then he goes, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I just, I don't understand. I'm just busy. Then I got gaslit and I'm like, aren't I above this shit? <laughs> like, how is this still happening? How? And the answer to that is no. You know, as long, as long as I am here and this body and this planet on planet earth, I have a guarantee, I mean a shiny gold sticker guaranteed on my chest, on my heart that says, you're gonna be heartbroken. You're gonna be betrayed. You're gonna be distraught and in despair and doubting yourself. You're gonna feel shame and you're gonna feel guilt. And you're gonna fuck up and you're gonna be the person that other people are like, Ugh, I'm, we're gonna be here for all of it. And going back to the, the dating app, you know, um, I went through this time when I was 26 on these apps and one really got, I got laser focused on the, these specifics on what I wanted because I thought, well, at least if I can get the specifics of the, the requirements done, then it'll be it'll be worth all of the potential heartbreak and misunderstanding and communication and all of these things. And I remember like this was a significant conversation for me and you're going to be like that guy's an asshole but like actually lean into this cuz it's smart. There was a guy on Bumble around this time when I was doing my checklist and he didn't have his height that that was on the app. And so I messaged him and I said, "Hi, I'm Madeline. Hi, I'm Rob, whatever, climbing photo, you know, I know, I know what Rob, Rob is all about, but I didn't know his height. And so I messaged him and I asked him, um, what is your height? I'm just gonna, um, I, hold on. Okay, we're good. I asked him, uh, what is your height? And he goes, what's your boob size? And I was highly offended. I said, how dare you? It's not the same. And he said something like, well, I would never want to go out with you anyways. And then he unmatched me, which was so uncomfortable and on so many different levels. Um, one, how dare you not want to go out with me? I'm amazing. Don't you even know? Like all the ego stuff, like I'm the cream of the crop. What? And then after the ego stuff was the hurt stuff of the, wait, I want to explain myself. Like it's, it's truly different. Boob size and height's different. Ah! The third part was the rejection of him unmatching me? What? Do you know what I do? You know, more ego stuff comes up. And then I just kind of spiraled like for a night. I was anxiety and I was mad and I, you know, clenched jaw, everything was angry. And um, I matched with someone later and I explained that to him. I was like, this thing happened. I don't even know this guy, but I'm still like, let's t let me tell you about my drama. So I told him about what happened and he goes, actually, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I was like, okay, do tell white man. And um, it did make sense the way he described to me. He was like, you, people like what they like. 
and you're allowed to like what you like. And if you are going to claim what it is that you like and ask someone to verify that they have what you like, others should be able to do the same. It's a double standard if not. And that might not relate or resonate with y'all. It resonated with me. I, I, I really took a bird's eye view and I was like, that's true. At the core of it to me, that feels really true. And I do know that height for a lot of men is a, is a boob size topic thing. Um, it's, it's very true. They, they feel sensitive about it too. They have insecurities about it too. There's entire courses made to help men with um, low confidence, get their confidence back because of their height. And I would, I would even think like the boob thing almost feels kind of silly. Whereas the height thing feels vulnerable. That would be more closer, I think, to what's your weight? What's your weight? You know what, what's your weight? That feels, ugh. And I, I have a lot of sympathy and empathy now for the question around men's height. Um, so I just wanted to drop that in that, you know, during that time of when I was having, when I had this checklist of must be this tall, must have a car, must have a job, must have this, must come from a dating app, you know, has to be in a dating app. It's not that those things are bad because now I'm still in the same, I have even more standards, it's even higher, but my permission field is wider. I'm not focusing on those things anymore because I don't need anything from him or anyone. I don't. I desire love and I will tell you, and I don't know if this is just personal to me or if you resonate with this, but I was thinking about this on my walk yesterday. Um, the reason why I don't get afraid of breakups nearly as much as I used to um, is because I fucking love to love. I, I'll, I can love so fast, so easy, so quickly. Again, I don't know if that's everyone, but, but I do believe at the core of all of us is the deep yearning to love and the ability to love when we move past the ego uh, or the what society is saying, how long you need to be single and with a person. When we let go of those rules and you simply embrace love. You embrace loving everybody. I fucking love my manager. He's awesome. Of the apartment, he's great. I love that person. I love that. I think I could probably have sex with anyone. Not in the way of like, I can have sex with anyone. In a way of like, I can feel your heart. I would love to have sex with you. Like, I want to connect with you. Mm. That's at the depth of me. That's not at the surface. I'm not going to sleep with anybody. Because um, my body does expand when it, with a yes and then contract with a no. But I'm more talking spiritual sexuality. Like I can gaze into anyone's eyes and feel spiritually turned on, erotically turned on, heart connected turned on. And if it has to be that way, I can also close that container with that person after that date after that week of flirting, after whatever our relationship was and walk away. Cause I know it's here too. It's, in, it's, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. So because I know how accessible love is, could be with my neighbor, it's been with a neighbor many a times, could be with someone in Canada, it can be there. Like the idea of ending a relationship or a breakup doesn't 
bring me to closing my heart out of fear anymore. Closing my heart out of fear being the key word. I'm like dating someone right now and the thought of not dating him is like, I'm ready, to, I would, you know, or <laughs> that, ugh, I can't even think about it because I don't want that to happen. And I also know life continues to go on. Whether or not it's with this person or with this person's or with this person, because here's another thing I want you to really take in. We, let's see, how do I describe this? We date people. We're on Bumble, talking to Tim. We're across the seat from Mike. We look forward to Jeff's phone call because how we are with them. You like your humor that comes out with Jeff. You like your eroticism you feel with Tim. You like your dominatrix take charge energy that comes out with Mike. We are drawn to people because they help us access something about ourselves that we don't feel as accessible without them yet. But they're bringing something to life that has been dormant. And that's why all relationships are a gift. Everyone, even five foot five Tommy that comes to the date, even though he said he's five foot eight, he shows to you something, he teaches you something, he brings out something in you that somebody else didn't, but he doesn't if your permission field is small. If you see him and uh, mm, you just retract everything, you, 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 you can't feel turned on anymore, because look at him, you can't do this anymore, because look at him, uh, this is an hour and a half wasted. You know, that is not, a, that in itself is not allowing the moment, not Tommy, the moment to penetrate you. So what if you let the moment, the person across from you in this seat, your ex-lover, the pain, the, the dating process of making your profile, what if you let all of that penetrate you? All of that can enter, can, can seep into you, can make an impact on you. Even Tommy, maybe the impact of this five foot five person is revealing to you your own small permission field for his existence. Maybe you notice your own judgment about him and that can wake you up a little bit of, wow, I wonder how this judgment is affecting me in other places in my life. Um, or maybe he can teach you how to open your heart regardless of what he looks like. That's the end goal. That's where I would like you to be is that you um, are with these people and you you can, so what if it's not gonna be a life partner? Like most people aren't. Like 99.999999 99% of people are not going to be your life partner. Like one or two or maybe three or four or five will. Uh, that's it. So yeah, he's just one of billions. If you can let your mind touch that, access that, you can actually appreciate how cool it is that two people from totally different areas of the city, 
with no overlap, how they, how they had this chance meeting, how they had this chance meeting. And what we talked about with Eva Clay is like the, the, also the, like the body's urgency and you can still, you can still honor and respect that, the urgency, you can still honor and respect the, the desire and the yearning while having this open permission field for people to exist the way that they exist. Um, and, you know, you also have to, I mean this in the most loving way, you have to pick and choose your battles and your priorities. Maybe height is something that you've let control your dating experience for your entire life and that's just not working out well for you. And maybe it's time you reflect on some lovers you may have had in the past that you met naturally that were not that tall and think, oh, how cool. I loved him and he wasn't that tall. Because there's something in our mind that we compartmentalize, I think, around height in particular. I've noticed that many of my lovers of the past have been my height. I really tend, when I look at my relationships, I've really tended to be with people my height. A um, little less so that way recently, but um, they're not that too much crazy taller than me. And yet I made it such a focus in my mind, I made it such a thing. And I never, I never really slowed down to think about why, what does that give me? And sure, you know, I think for most women, the, the thought that comes up first is security and safety, but that's not it. I'm telling you right now, it's not, that's not it, it. There's, there's a feeling, yes. There's a feeling of, oh, I'm small. I'm a bambolina, ah, just put me in your palm. I agree, I love it, it's so yummy, feels really good. Um, I'm not, a f I've had lovers with teeny tiny hands and tiny little bodies that I didn't like it, I didn't feel good, I didn't feel like ravaging them. That's called chemistry, chemistry. And I have also had lovers who were not that tall at all, but had impeccable consciousness and could hear me and could listen and would slow down and honor me. And those relationships are for healing. I had a, a love that, um, I had a lover that, man, this, this man, um, 20 years my senior, like many men that I date. And uh, yeah, I go into a vortex even when I talk about him <laughs> of some sort because he was a very, he's a very interesting soul. And he is ultimately the one that I have to, that I get to appreciate and show gratitude for, for everything I'm doing right now in the sexual space and tantric space and spiritual intimacy. He was a very, very spiritually skilled lover and could love on my body in a way I had never experienced with anybody else. And he was an incredibly healing, part of my emotional wounds. I mean, whatever we, whatever contract we had, we were in, in, in for it really deep, you know? Um, I remember bleeding during sex once and I like literally was so embarrassed that I like crawled to a corner and just hid there waiting for him to bring me a towel. And I bled all over his sheets. And this is the time that I had shame around that. I was so embarrassed, oh my God, your sheets, oh my God, oh blood. Oh. You know, and he was like, look, I made me a happy face on this sheet. I said, we should make a t-shirt out of this. It's beautiful. Just total appreciation for my body. And um, such a, such a, like, 
creative being, but y'all, he slept on the floor in his studio. <laughs> like he didn't have any money, not a dollar to his name as far as I know. It was short, very short. Um, but the magnetism to this man, like I, he, he just taught me so many things. And he, one of the things that I experienced with him was this, like not with us, but with me, like how can I love him whenever he has these teeth or when he doesn't have a 401k? I don't have one either because I don't have not employed. So I have my own kind of structure around that. But like, you know, I, all these judgments came up and you know, I, I did some shitty things because I was so confused on how to love him when he's not on my checklist and how to love him without the certainty that this was going to be a long-term relationship. That was also something I struggled with is like how to be in a relationship with someone, the person in front of me, without them certainly being in my life forever. I have, this is tying into everything we're talking about, about how to show up as love with the person in front of you, regardless of what the relationship will look like tomorrow. That's what every relationship teaches us is how to love now with the person you're with. That's it. And this is what I learned in polarity workshops, doing the work with John Wineland and Kendra, because you sit in a chair across from a man who breathes you deeply, who penetrates you with his eye contact, who commands you to purr in his ear and you reveal to him how that makes you feel and you cry and you scream and you have a moment that's deeper than any moment you've ever felt with a lover before. And then an hour later, they say, okay, bow, close the practice, and then women leave. And then you never talk to him again. What if, even without having done that kind of work, what if you brought that to the next date, to the next conversation on your Bumble app, to your husband? We don't have tomorrow, promise. We don't know what's going to happen in the world. We don't know. We don't know if we're gonna have kids even if we wanna have kids. We don't have certainty in anything, but what we can do is love now. And the more you practice this, the more you start to get to that place I was telling you about that I'm at now of like, I'm not worried about breakups. They're gonna hurt. Betrayal is gonna hurt. Finding out your partner is married, has three children when you're Googling in the middle of the night is gonna hurt. Uh, a fake proposal is gonna hurt. People getting off the plane is gonna hurt. And continuing to show up and talk about love when you feel like a fucking fraud, it's gonna hurt. And Love is always available, even in the hurt. Even in the hurt, even in the pain, even in the breakup, it's available on the next date you go on, it's available the next time you make love. It's available with someone who could be a potential match forever or this guy's never gonna be my boyfriend. You can still arrive as love. As a gift to you, but also to be an angel, to be an angel. I mean, the Sisu Society, this is all about devotion, yeah? So what if we are supposed to be angels on earth and create heaven on earth? 
Doesn't mean you have to marry them. Doesn't mean you have to continue dating them. But what if you just treat them with kindness? Kindness. Ex exit the situation, exit the date, exit the bumble chat with grace. Grace. Yeah. Because that's free. And that person will just be part of the 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999